0: When I think of Philip K. Dick, I think of foresight, paranoia, the questions of what it means to be human, what it means to be awake or dreaming. What does it mean to even be real? A lot of his work asked those questions. He made us question our assumptions about those things. Filmmakers and TV creators are inspired by Philip K. Dick's work over and over again. Just in the last few years, there's been a remake of Total Recall, inspired by We Can Remember It For You Wholesale, Blade Runner 2049, inspired by Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, and an entire season of vignettes inspired by other short stories um, on Amazon called Electric Dreams. This is Fact and Science Fiction. I'm your host, Carly, and this week I'm talking about the themes of Philip K. Dick. Philip Kindred Dick and his twin sister, Jane, were born December 16, 1928, in Chicago. Unfortunately, Jane died just six weeks later, and this death deeply affected Philip's later life, often inspiring a theme of phantom twins or separated twins in his work. When he was young, his family moved to the San Francisco area. He went to high school and college in Berkeley. He had been really interested in science fiction from a young age, but it was his philosophy classes in college at UC Berkeley that really brought in those themes that he's known for. He thought that our perception of reality was subjective, and he doubted whether the universe really existed the way we thought it did, and it would be hard to prove that it really was there anyway. It's this theme that shows up again and again in his work, using virtual reality, lucid dreams, and implanted memories. Dick sold his first short story in 1951 at the age of 23 and continued publishing in pulp anthology magazines. While he had success with publishing sci-fi and speculative fiction, he really wanted to publish regular fiction novels. Even as Man in the High Castle won the Hugo Award in 1963, he didn't find any critical success in the literary world, only the sci-fi world, and he struggled with money for most of his adult life. I found this quote on his Wikipedia entry. Um, He wrote, Several years ago when I was ill, Robert Heinlein offered his help. Anything he could do. And we had never met. He would phone me to cheer me up and see how I was doing. He wanted to buy me an electric typewriter, God bless him. One of the few true gentlemen in this world. I don't agree with any ideas he puts forth in his writing. But that is neither here nor there. One time when I owed the IRS a lot of money and couldn't raise it, Heinlein loaned the money to me. I think a great deal of him and his wife. I dedicated a book to them in appreciation. Robert Heinlein is a fine-looking man. (laughs) Very impressive and very military in stance. You can tell he has a military background. Even to the haircut. He knows I'm a flipped-out freak, and still he helped me and my wife when we were in trouble. That is the best in humanity there that is who and what I love. Due to the stress and the breakup of his fourth marriage, Dick started using drugs and letting addicts live with him in his home, eventually attempting suicide. This dark period inspired a lot of scenes in his novel A Scanner Darkly. Dick struggled with anxiety throughout his life and throughout the 1970s. He had a series of hallucinations that he believed gave him clairvoyance, and at one point he felt he was possessed by the prophet Elijah, I only mention this because of the religious themes and paranoia and foresight in his work. In 1982, Philip K. Dick had two strokes and passed away at the age of 52. This week I finally watched Blade Runner 2049, the sequel to the original film. I thought it was a reboot, but it's actually a sequel. I'm going to assume you have seen the original, and if you haven't, please do. I want to re-watch it after seeing this new movie. Blade Runner 2049 is beautiful. I want almost every frame to be a print on my wall. It's so gorgeous. And the sound is amazing. The plot, however, didn't really grab me until the second half. So the plot is kind of close to the original, but with a new twist. Ryan Gosling's character Kay is a new generation of replicant who is subservient to humans, He has to obey orders, he cannot lie, and he can't really show emotions. Um, Like the original one, he's called a Blade Runner. He hunts down older models of replicants who have gone AWOL. These older models can't be controlled by humans anymore, and so they have to be retired. Kay stumbles on a conspiracy when he finds the remains of an older model replicant. And I won't spoil anything more because it just came out on DVD. So what I liked about 2049 is that it doesn't spend any time on questioning whether replicants are people. We learned that in the first movie, so this new movie isn't going to waste any time proving to you that these people don't deserve to be slaves. They can have emotions and free will. From the very first scene in which Kay retires, a, basically a gentle giant replicant who just wants to farm, like it's clear that Kay, whether he knows it or not, is a whole person, whether he's human or not. However, the new twist is that Kay has a relationship with his AI personal assistant. Basically a hologram Alexa, except she does seem to show emotion and affection and love for Kay. Or is she just programmed that way? You know, it made me question her agency and consent. I'm not really sure if that's what the movie really wanted me to question, um, or just wanted to question whether she was sentient or not. Um, especially when we see that she pretty much is mass-produced. I'm not really sure how to feel about Blade Runner's female characters in general. Like, Robin Wright's character as Kay's boss was great, and then there's the AI personal assistant, and then the villain, Love. Um, It passes the Bechdel test in one scene, but I just can't seem to shake that there's something kind of off about them. Um... Maybe I was just turned off by Kay having a romantic relationship with the hologram who was created to serve. But um, especially since he was too and there didn't seem to be any kind of uh, like introspection about that. But anyway, um, once the film gets going, I was riveted in the second half. Uh, The villains are really despicable, especially my nemesis Jared Leto. I can't really explain to you why I hate him so much, but I always have. And his character's mercenary replicant love is just so evil. But again, she was created to serve, so that questions her culpability. Nothing really is as it seems, so I I still recommend the movie. Um, I just felt it was a bit of a slog to get to that first half. I also started watching the show Electric Dreams, which is an anthology series. But I'm just going to talk about the first episode called Real Life. So this kind of spoils it, but it's just the first episode, and then all the subsequent episodes are different stories. So in this episode, Anna Paquin plays Sarah. She's a detective in the future. Um, She's successful at her job. She has a beautiful wife and a good partner. Um, But she's dealing with some post-traumatic stress due to witnessing, they call it the massacre. Her wife brings home a virtual reality device that would allow Sarah to take a vacation from her mind basically like a lucid dream that we've talked about before the device would cast a dream based on her subconscious and Sarah could live there for a good amount of time to escape from her life when Sarah wakes up in her vacation she's inhabiting the body of a man named George played by Terence Howard George is a billionaire creator of a virtual reality device similar to the one Sarah is using and a terrorist wanted to exploit this device and murder George's wife for it. Now George wants to escape his life with a virtual reality headset, and he wakes up as Sarah. So who's actually dreaming and who's real? Um, The line between George's and Sarah's reality blends, and at the end of the episode, George and Sarah have to choose which one is real and which one is a dream. So now I'm going to spoil the ending. So if you don't want to know what happens at the end, you can skip forward a few minutes. So I, for one, was disappointed in the reveal at the end of this episode. I did not believe for a second that Sarah would choose to live as George because she wants to be punished for her survival's guilt. Um, And we didn't even learn about the massacre. We didn't even know what was so bad that she would want to give up her life so that she could inhabit this body of a widower in, I think the year was like 2012 or something like that. Like, it wasn't in the future. Um, We just had to believe that whatever she witnessed was bad enough that she'd choose the other reality. Ultimately, going brain dead, So, two thumbs down for that. Um, But you guys know how I feel about gay characters always dying. So, this is like the opposite of San Junipero in Black Mirror. So, I was really disappointed by that. And it kind of bothered me for like a full two days after I watched it. Okay. So the other movie I watched last week was 1990s Total Recall starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. So classic. Um, it came out in 1980, but, or 1990, but I always hear people talking about it as an 80s movie. Um, it's directed by Paul Verhoeven, um, who directed Robocop and Starship Troopers, which I describe as sci-fi social commentary covered in ridiculous gore. So Arnold's character, Doug Quaid, is a manual laborer in the future who has very r- vivid dreams of Mars that he just can't shake. Another note that I like about Dick's work is that all of his protagonists are typically just regular guys who become embroiled in crazy circumstances. Um, so anyway, uh, at least they start out that way. Um So, Doug knows that he's never been to Mars, but at this point, like Mars has been colonized um, by a corporation, Um, but he's still haunted by these dreams. So, he goes to a company called Recall that can implant memories of vacation. Are you seeing a theme now? Without you having to actually leave. So, Doug chooses a vacation about Mars. Um, And as soon as he's hooked up to the machine, the Recall workers realize that he's had his memory wiped and new memories have been implanted. So it turns out he really is a secret agent from Mars. And his true identity wanted to destroy the corporation that's controlling Mars and the resources there. So the movie goes way off the rails after this. There's aliens, there's mutants, there's a sex worker with three breasts, it's schlock and gore. But the best parts were the parts um, Verhoeven got from Philip K. Dick. Like, who really is Doug Quaid? If he can't trust what he remembers, can he even trust what he's seen now? There's um, a part about halfway through where a doctor tells Quaid that he isn't on Mars. He's still hooked up to the VR at recall. And this is all a delusion he's created himself for his vacation. So there's a really tense few minutes where you really wonder. I talked a little bit about this in the VR episode. The idea that you have to question whether you're hallucinating or what you're seeing is real. And then what is real anyway? Philip K. Dick could describe this in science fiction using virtual reality or lucid dreams or implanted memories, but in real life, it was mental illness and and schizophrenia. Philip K. Dick was unsure for most of his life. The author Charles Platt wrote, Everything is a matter of perception. The ground is liable to shift under your feet. A protagonist may find himself living out another person's dream, or he may enter a drug-induced state that actually makes better sense than the real world, or he may cross into a different universe completely. So this has been a, a brief discussion about Philip K. Dick. I'm going to return with a regular episode about military science fiction, so hold on to that name, Paul Verhoeven. Subscribe, rate, and review uh, the pod on Apple Podcasts. Find the pod on Stitcher, Pocket Casts, wherever get your favorite shows. Follow the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Fact and Sci-Fi. Check out a transcript of this episode and other content at factandsci-fi.blogspot.com. And lastly, thanks for listening.